Welcome to A Conversation with Chief, where together we visit with special friends from across Native North America who will encourage, inspire, and equip us in our walk with Jesus Christ. Join us now for an engaging conversation with Chief. Thanks for joining us with Conversations with Chief. We are continuing now with part three of our interview with Craig Smith. Uh, I think in closing, uh, Craig, again, in, in ministry, I think of different stories that have had impacts of testimonies of different ones uh, in my life personally. And one of those uh, men, and I remember dad always talking, was Peter Grayeyes. Uh, again, your father-in-law. Um, uh, oh, I'm thinking of Herman, Herman, yes, Herman Williams is, uh, uh, I want you to tell the story of Peter Grayeye's conversion. And you talk about, uh, just the power encounter and you see the power and authority of God. Uh, I, I always think that is a, a story that needs to be told, uh, to many about that. Well, thanks for, for giving me the opportunity to do that because it, it really fits in with the indigenous faith teaching. Yes. Because again, we're talking, your, your viewers are going to hear an amazing story that happened in the early 1970s mm -hmm. uh, that uh, is, is one of the most powerful, I, I, I say in all of Christian history, really. Mm -hmm. I, because this is a, a truly remarkable work of God uh, done uh, in the life of this brother, Peter Grayeyes, Pete Grayeyes. In fact, it was men like Herman Williams and Pete Grayeyes who were some of the leaders that we really listened closely to and helped LaDonna and I formulate, you know, our understanding of God's word and, and these cultural issues. See, Pete was a medicine man. Peter was one of the very strong medicine men on the Navajo Nation. And he lived right up along the Utah border. LaDonna and her family lived right south of the border in Arizona side at uh, an Alliance church. Her dad pastored the Navajo Mountain Alliance Church. Mm -hmm. And it was through that ministry that Pete Grayeyes and his wife, Rena and family were introduced to the gospel through LaDonna's dad. And what happened was, uh, you know, Pete was uh, considered uh, in, in Navajo, culture they have good medicine men and bad ones i mean there's some yes. that they would purport to do they're the ones that work evil while the good medicine men contra, contra, counteract those things but they all <laughs> use the world to to work their work in in where the natural and the supernatural there's not that wall they they kind of go like this and, and yes there's one one world steps into the other and that's a very, very real, real reality. In fact, you look in the Bible, there were many times people went through deliverance. Jesus delivered people from the legion of spirits, the Gadarean, from uh, mm -hmm. legion of spirits. And, and the manifestation of that was it was destroying that man's life. Well, same thing with Pete and Rena. Pete was becoming so uh, popular as a medicine man. He was stealing and he wasn't, I don't think he was intended, there wasn't an evil intent in Pete's hard to do this, but because he was so successful, people were coming to him and leaving their medicine. Man, I'm going to go to this guy. It's like changing one doctor to another, you know, in the modern world. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd rather go to this guy, get a second opinion. Well, that opinion sounds better. So I go with him. Well, Pete mm -hmm. 
was growing in popularity and there was jealousy among the other medicine men up in that region. And they began to work against him. They would collect their powers together and they would do things. Uh, uh, and, and in order for the demonic world to manifest itself, personal articles of, of clothing, hair locks, whatever the case might be, have to be secured by the, uh, by the medicine men. And it is those things that they doctor up, they, they, they uh, put the medicine to, and they, they impart the demonic spirits to. And then those things are the channel by which these spirits manifest themselves into those families that they attempt to, to hurt. And mm -hmm. so all of a sudden, in, in Pete's experience and his pre-Christian life, uh, all of a sudden, his cattle begin to die. His sheep begin mm -hmm. to die his, on his ranch there. And uh, all of a sudden, his family began to get unexplainably ill. His mm -hmm. wife, Marina, became so sick that she, uh, uh, they, he, Pete even took her to the Indian hospital, the Indian Health Service, the government hospital. Mm -hmm. For the mm -hmm. white man, uh, white man health company, health services to try to figure this out because everything he tried in the medicine way to get her out of it wasn't working. Mm -hmm. Because these other medicine men were combining power. There's a hierarchy in the demonic world, and you combine them. It's it's like uh, right now we're in this Russian war with Yugoslavia. It's like little Yugoslavia yes. and the mighty Russia, and that was uh, you know there was many more demonic uh, work, uh, spirit work against Marina than going the other way. Yes. And Marina was getting close to dying. Pete mm -hmm. was being tormented. And what, what triggered the whole thing was at night, Pete, would Pete told this to Donna's dad, Herman Williams, after he'd come to the Lord, he shared his story. Pete said, all of a sudden, owls began to sit in the trees, many, many owls in the cedar trees around my Hogan. And mm -hmm. at night, they would catch this now. They would speak to me in the Navajo language. Mm -hmm. I, didn't know I know they don't speak English, but I didn't know they spoke Navajo. But this is the demonic manifesting wow. through these owls. And these owls were speaking to, almost like a, 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 a choir saying, we're going to kill you. We're going to kill you. We're going to kill, they kept tormenting, we're going to kill you, you, you. And he heard, he could literally hear him. He would take his rifle out at night and try to shoot at him and disperse him. But maybe they'd go a bit, they'd come back and they'd keep it up. Mm -hmm. So he had all his world crumbling in and around him. LaDonna's dad would hold outdoor gospel meetings under the cedar trees and the Alliance congregation there would gather together and, Pete knew about these events, and so he kind of stood up in the in the hills above, and uh, not so he was out of sight, but he was he could hear, and he began hearing Ladonna's dad talking about Christ and the gospel and so on. He began to be interested and intrigued about it, and this happened over a period of time, and all this stuff continued to happen to Pete and the illnesses and uh, his losing losing just about everything, and. Uh, Finally, one Sunday morning at the Neville Mountain Alliance Church, Herman had just finished his message. He was wrapping it up. They were already done, getting ready to dismiss for uh, people to go home. And right at the end, Pete and Rena, lo and behold, they came walking in the back of Neville Mountain Alliance Church. They came mm. right up to the front bench and they sat down. Wow. And Herman 
<laughs> uh, you know, Herman, uh, you know, what, 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 what would he do? You know, hey, sorry, yes. guys, late. You know, that's real Indian type. You know, you're, you're so <laughs> even beyond Indian type, you know. Well, no, he went back, opened the Bible up, and began to share a clear gospel message. Wow. And over time, he gave an invitation. And Pete and Rena Gray, I got up in their family, and they came forward. Praise the Lord. Navajo Mountain Lions Church. I can still see that altar where they got their knees and became a follower of Jesus Christ. Each one of them confessed Christ as Lord and Savior. Hmm. And afterward, <clears throat> you know, this wasn't this this shouldn't be just a well. Let me shake your hand and send you home now. Praise God, your child got no. There needed to be more digging into what <laughs> brought Pete and Rena there. So. Uh, Herman took Pete and Rena and some of the elders over to the parsonage and they sat around and had coffee and they talked and Pete shared his story and all of this. And finally, as he got to the, uh, as he got to the uh, wrap up of what brought him to the church that morning, he said, you know, I tried to shoot at those owls to turn them away, but they kept saying to me, we're going to kill you. And he said, I realized we, we're going to die if something and everything I've tried is not powerful enough. Mm -hmm. And I hear you talking under those cedar trees, Herman, that Christ is all powerful. I need him. That's why I have given my life to Christ. Herman began to give him basic discipleship things, how to begin yes. to talk to the Lord. And then Pete said, well, okay, so when I go home now, those owls are going to be there. What do I do? This is the indigenous faith thing where um, yes. what missionary would know what 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 uh, seminary would train you on what to say to go back to owls and 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 <laughs> talk to them, right? You don't you won't find That's that. Right. No, no the issue, you these are the indigenous issues yes. that have to be talked about in order to build healthy disciples and followers of Christ. It happened in peace with a powerful leader. Long story short, Herman told him, you know, I mean. Basic, simple wisdom of God. And God gave Herman right words to say. <clears throat> Herman told Pete, Pete, listen, if they can speak to you in Navajo, then it's obvious they can listen to you in Navajo as well. He That's said, right. I want you to go home. And I want you, if they're there, I want you to get out of your, uh, get out of your uh, pickup. Leave your rifle. You've got something more powerful now. You've got your testimony. And he said, I want you to speak to those owls and I want you to tell them what happened here at Neville Mountain Alliance Church, how you surrendered your life to Christ. And he said, and then the most important thing you need to do is you need to tell them that you've given all this property over to Christ. He now is the owner of all this. And they're no longer trespassing on your property, Pete. They're trespassing on Christ's property. And he took him to the word about the name of Jesus, about in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes. He, he, you need to use the name of Christ. He said, I want you to go back. And he said, in the name of Jesus, you need to command them to go and see what happens. Pete left and went uh, back home. And sure enough, by then the sun was setting and as he pulled into his ranch, there's these whole vast numbers of owls all mm. over the cedar trees. Right. He got out, 
left his rifle in, left his family in the pickup, closed the door. And he, he looked at those owls and he started just basically talking to the Navajo, explaining what his day was like, what happened. I went to this church and I heard the gospel and I have committed my life to Jesus. My family, we all now belong to Jesus. And I've dedicated this land over to him. And you owls, you have no business being here anymore. You were trespassing on my property. You are now trespassing on God's property. And in the name of Jesus, I command each and every one of you to go. He looked at them and he waited a few moments and all of a sudden, first one got up and left and then the next one the next one and pretty soon there was a mass migration out of there and they never returned instantly his wife Rita her health was restored and he began to rebuild his flock his herd uh, all those animals that had died and and he began to groan. He devoured the word of God because he knew the power of a resurrected Christ. Amen. Amen. And he became one of the strongest Christian leaders in the whole Navajo Nation from 1970. He just passed away not too long, a few years ago, but not very many years ago. I mean, he was old, an older man then, but man, God gave him many years. And God used him in a powerful way in helping other Navajo people bound by the powers of darkness to be delivered. He had an incredible deliverance ministry. He and Herman Williams together probably dealt with more than a thousand cases of deliverance. In and they kept coming. Whenever we'd go to Herman's and Fern's home in Tuba City, uh, inevitably there'd be somebody coming to the door needing help and delivering. And he'd take them through deliverance right there. And Pete was doing the very same thing way out in the isolated parts of the res where, where he and his family were living. He was a, and, and he was one of the leaders who we brought together originally to address this cultural issue. This redeeming the culture. And his insights were so helpful. <laughs> uh, it, it sealed the deal for many of us that were studying things here on and and it's yeah. it's led to all this material that we now have together compiled uh, that yeah. we offer to indigenous believers through the indigenous faith material that's great uh well again i i'm always moved by that story and i always think uh craig again where we've been working all these years in ministry uh, i'll never forget when we were in atlanta georgia this was yeah. for promise keepers you're talking and about yeah, there were over 45,000 pastors that were from all over the nation. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were there. I was there. Dad was there. On the main platform, Peter Gray Eyes was there. Right. And uh, uh, again, what a testimony of the power and the authority of God working through our Native leaders. So, uh, so again, uh, what a joy it's been to be able to minister together. Uh, I want to close in prayer, and let me pray for you. Let me pray for our that God would move across our nation and just empower uh, young people. We need uh, Pauls, we need uh, Barnabas, we need uh, men and women like that that are going to really uh, uh, make a difference within our Native communities. Clauses, so let's, Williams and Gray Eyes. 
along yes. with Pauls and Peters and <laughs> yes, Old exactly. Testament uh, giants for the faith and today's giants for the faith in previous generations. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Father God, I just I words can't express, Lord, uh, the blessings that we have experienced together, uh, Lord, in ministry. And we have seen your hand, Lord. We have, I think of scripture where in Revelation, you're called a faithful one. And Lord, we have seen your faithful hand, Lord, upon the lives of our family, our moms, our dads, our, our uh, family members, Lord. And, and uh, we have been to places, Lord, uh, where there has been tremendous needs, spiritual needs. Uh, we have met people, Lord, that have been outcast, and no one would think that they're useful for anything. But Lord, we have seen where your lives, where you have touched their lives. And Lord, there has been a change in their lives, and the drinking has stopped, and the drugs have stopped, and the spiritual uh, <clears throat> confrontations have stopped, Lord. And uh, you have raised up mighty men and women all across our native nations, Lord. We've seen that. And Father, in times where we're at right now, Lord, our heart and our prayer is for uh, the younger generation, Lord. It's for those men and women that sense your calling. It's for men and women, Lord, that have life's questions. And Lord, you've got the answer. And so, Father, I just pray, oh God, uh, all across our nations, Lord, that you uh, would speak, Lord, you would draw uh, men and women to yourself. And Father, whether they are single, whether they are family members, whether they are tribal leaders within their nations, Lord, I pray that we would see your spirit move among our nation as we have never experienced before. Father, we need Peter Gray eyes, men and women like Peter Gray eyes. Uh, we need other uh, men and young men and women that are come from uh, different tribes, whether it's the Apaches or the Hopis or Kiowas or the Chippewas or whoever it is, Lord, among our 576 nations. God, I pray that you would do a work, a mighty move of your spirit. Yeah. And uh, so, Lord, we just pray today, God, and I thank you again for all that you have done. I thank you for all the opportunities. When I think of just Craig and I going out to different areas and different ministries throughout not only the United States, but throughout the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, Father, I pray that you would give many more opportunities to many others as well. So Father, what a joy it is to call ourselves followers of Christ, Christians. Father, I pray for that intimacy that uh, Craig talks about, Lord, that our young people would experience the very presence of God, uh, the, the direction of God, uh, the uh, moving of the Holy Spirit within their lives. And so again, Father, what a joy it is and what a joy unspeakable it will be when we come and we meet you face to face. And like scripture says, every tribe, every nation, every tongue, Lord, we will come and we will worship you and say, worthy is the lamb. I look for that day, Lord, when that happens. So till that happens, Father, I pray for Craig 
I pray for myself. I pray for the others that are involved in ministry, that they would be faithful to the very end. And we all, we do it all for your praise and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Awesome, brother. Thanks, Craig. That's awesome. Thanks for joining us in today's conversation. We trust you've been encouraged by what you've heard. The mission and purpose of Chief is to disciple and equip a strong Native American leadership for the development of the indigenous church throughout North, Central, and South America. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of Chief and how you can be involved, please visit us online at chief.org. Thanks for your interest, and we'll look forward to you joining us again next time for another conversation with Chief.